Welcome back to Pitch Session. That's Pitch with a P. I'm Kirsten. I'm Andrew. Welcome back. It's been two weeks. I don't know what it's to do with myself. Weeks. There's been no games, though. There have been no games. And also, like, it just feels good to be back in this seat with this microphone and better Wi-Fi. So, sure. Well, I'm in the same seat I sit in all day. I Well, you're a professional. I'm not. So... Is that a new plan? Yes, it is a new plan. How about the fact I noticed that? It's a cutting of an old plant that I leave at my parents' house during the move. um, And it's thriving. We have a new leaf, actually. Isn't that exciting? Would you You say you turned over a new leaf? No, I haven't turned over a new leaf. I'm in the same trajectory as I have been. Okay. I do any. Yeah, I'm just trying to thwart your jokes. So how have you been, Andrew? I'm fine, Kier. I'm quite well. And yourself? I'm good. I'm good. Feels good to get back to, you know, just kind of like normal everyday life now that the yeah. uh, rush through the postseason is over. I mean, I'm sad, obviously, but, you know, I think we, we all needed a breather after that. Well, I've started the season over on ESPN+. Plus. I'm back <laughs> at the first weekend just watching each game. You're just reliving it all. The whole season, yeah. Which uh, first game did you decide to watch again? Several of them. Oh, okay. You couldn't you couldn't point to one. Back in the, no. the heady early days of pitch session when we were obsessed with St. Joe's and the Hawk. Yeah. You know, we uh we lost a team, Lindenwood. I know. Ugh. It hurts. And we never did get to find out if they drove or flew to that one game. You know, maybe us pointing that out was the uh, that was the except they were like, you know off. what? <laughs> they they cut like 15 sports. So I'm going to guess. Did they really? Was, yeah, they cut a lot. Wow. So, I mean, like, it's just frustrating because you're like, I'm assuming they kind of knew that this was on the table when they went to Division One, that this was something, yeah, an inevitability. So then, like, why do it? You know, or like, obviously, yeah. we're, we're biased. Just, you know, I don't think we ever want to see sports cut. So, you know, I acknowledge, like, that we have a – significant bias in it but i never understand cutting sports as a school's path to profitability or to get out of debt i mean sports intercollegiate athletics are such a front porch for a university and really should be a loss leader with the exception of a couple dozen football programs and half that basketball programs and half that women's basketball programs and half that baseball. Other than that, like, you know, it's a loss leader. You think about all the great schools in this country who don't have athletics or don't have division one athletics and you ask someone, they they haven't heard of them, you you know, Mm -hmm. it just, but everyone's heard of pick a D one school and everyone's heard of all of them. And 90% of the time it's because of athletics. Well, and words. I I think too, it's like a place like Linden one, like if you're having admission challenges, how many of those athletes are still pl- paying full tuition? Like, a lot. you know what I mean? Like they're, they're bolstering your admission numbers. Kids want to play division one athletics or even division two or division three. P- kids want to play athletics and it's going to just, I think it's going to, it enhances your admission numbers. So I don't know, maybe Lindenwood is in some like dire straits in other ways, but it's not good. Yeah. It, it just, so here they cut, I'm looking 10 sports. Wow. 
That's a um, lot. Nine, nine of the ten teams are spring sports, and they're just going to wrap it up this spring. So men's tennis, lacrosse, indoor and outdoor track and field, wrestling, men's and women's cycling, okay, women's gymnastics, swimming and diving, and field hockey. And and, and I just – field hockey is the only non-spring sport. I, I just – like like looking at this, I'm sorry, but like how expensive could – you know these sports. We how expensive could men's tennis track, really track be at like Lindenwood? And like you track, can run for how, free. How many running kids are you free. running? Is free. How many kids are you carrying on that roster? And how many of them have scholarships? Probably incredibly few. Like why and not? Look, I I don't know what's going on there. I'm sure whoever did it has a perfectly reasonable reason that we do not know or we are naive to. You know I think that. It's a very dangerous thing to tell, you know, someone how they should run their business or their university when we know nothing about it. So sure. I mean, admittedly, we're we're flying blind, but it, I mean, it is unfortunate. No. Yeah, I true. agree with you. I agree with you. No, it. well, I just think I think the most bizarre thing about it is that they just transitioned to Division One and then all of a sudden we're cutting all the sports like so yeah. this was planned. Like, that, why would you is- cut them before you transitioned? It's just a strange timeline. It is. So that's happy news uh, to start with. Mm. Uh, not exactly. Um, North Carolina is still the national champion. I don't know if you've seen much of it here, but the Aaron Matson World Tour rolls on. Does it? Um, have you seen it? As it should. I have yes. seen her. Yeah, she's been everywhere. Mm. Um, as, I mean, certainly well-deserved. About half her team is down in... Chi 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 right now for the Junior World Cup, along with uh, it's basically a gathering of North Carolina, Northwestern, uh, Maryland, uh, and a handful of others. But mm. uh, they seem to be doing well down there at the Junior World Cup as it as a uh, pool play begins to wrap up down there. I do believe is that right? Well, they're doing okay. So in the their first pool, I saw I two. Yeah, well, because, I mean, honestly, the FIH, I get a little confused with the FIH um, uh, website, but I know, like, they started out in Pool D. They did not um, advance to the next round. No, that shows what I know. I thought I... I of, well, <laughs> of, like, of, like, the metal... But I know they were playing for a ranking. I'm just not sure. Oh, you're right. So they we, yeah. did. Okay. So they, they, I guess they went, okay. They went out on gold different. All right. So I'm not crazy. They, they, like it was like well, a three way. It was. So I'm not. So England, Japan, and the United States all went to 0 and 1. Uh, New Zealand went 0 and 3. They all had six points. And then goal differential, it was England 5, Japan 3, and United States 2. So like I, I, I thought I saw them win two games in their group, which I assumed was enough to go through a clearly. I was wrong, but I wasn't. They, they did do well. It just they were, they didn't it, do well. I, yeah, and I felt like it was. I mean, it was like you got to win, obviously, but like it was like uh, the the system kind of worked against them. Like so, they beat England, beat the United States, and then I forget. Like Japan beat England, and then right, and the they US all beat. beat. So it was like a three way tie, and they all beat New Zealand. And it came down to goal differential, and it was like by one point. So it was just like, ugh, it stinks. Well, you know, sports are hard. The other team, sports are hard. Through. 
the other team tries to here. Yes, they are also working very hard to win. Um, yeah, but this uh, this tournament has gone on. It, it's interesting. Uh, like, I don't think the United States didn't rank, you know, highly on the stats as compared to, you know, like Netherlands, Germany, Argentina, higher scoring teams. We were number six, number one, seven on, like, in terms of, like, goals. Um, but we did get a lot of cards, which I thought was interesting. Um, well, they're a feisty group. We are. I, I think we are a feisty group, and and it's interesting too. I like the teams that performed better, finished better. Got a lot of green cards. Like uh, Ireland got ten green cards, India eight, Germany seven, and like we got five green cards, but I think we got three yellow cards. I think we were like tied for most yellow cards in the tournament. So that might be something we need to consider. Um, well, there's a matchup tomorrow night with the host Chi Chi Chi. Mm, lay lay lay. Wow, I'm really torn about that. I'm obviously rooting for the United States, but my heart always is with Chile. I just hope both teams have fun. I'm sure they will. Because, <laughs> you know, and in and, and a beautiful setting. I've seen lots of pictures of the field. Beautiful. Yeah, it's, or, it's the heart of summer down there, too. Quite oh, steamy. Oh, that's true. Yeah, wow. Well, uh, uh, we, we have a guest today, don't we, Kira? We do. And so we thought it would be a good way to sort of like head our way into the off season to sort of recap with our field hockey analyst friend, Allison Keefe, who's joining us today. Um, she gave us a lot of good insights over the season. Now we're excited to hear uh, what she has to say about, or her. about, about her, about what she's doing with, uh, with her analytics stuff and, uh, and yeah, what she's excited about. So let's go talk I mean, to Allison. She, she's going places. She is. And it starts here on Pitch Session. <laughs> All right. We are so excited to welcome Allison Keefe to the show, who is the uh, the creator and, I don't know, operator of the Field Hockey Analyst on Instagram, one of our favorite follows. Welcome to the pod, Allison. Hi. Thanks for having me. We, uh, we're very excited to have you. We loved your facts. Uh, facts are unusual for us. We usually just make things up. So it was nice to have someone, you know, Give us some actual things that weren't figments of my imagination. So that was exciting. It was also exciting to know someone was out there listening because you gave us exactly what we were talking about. You did. That was awesome. So tell us a little bit about uh, how you got started in field hockey and what you're doing now. Okay, so I'm really bad at telling the story quickly, but we're going to try to make it as quick as possible. That's okay. We'll, we'll cut Kirsten's parts if you go <laughs> Um, but basically, so I started uh, playing field hockey as a freshman in high school. And then my sophomore year, I had knee surgery that uh, did not work very well. So technically, I'm not even cleared to play like contact sports at this point in my life. But basically, I had to sit out the rest of my high school career, um, which, you know, is so much fun to find out at like 14. So I wound up becoming the manager of our high school team. And when I was looking at colleges, I was originally going for athletic training, but not really good with blood so that wasn't going to work out so i was but i was looking at schools that had athletic training which if you don't know anything about that program it's very small so it's like maybe four schools in the northeast at that point um so i was looking at sacred heart where one of my best friends at the time happened to be a freshman playing field hockey so i had messaged uh coach sydney who's the coach at sacred heart and was like hey do you guys think you'd need a manager um and 
he was like, yeah, uh, when I was a freshman, the manager was a senior. So she was graduating. I wound up coming on. And of course, that happened to be the COVID year. So that's the like year we played in the spring, which was such an interesting experience through your first semester of college. Um, but one of our captains was like, hey, can you like figure out why our turnovers are not like our, we keep turning over the ball. So it kind of started like by doing I started doing stats, kind of doing that. Um, and then I wound up making like uh, like spreadsheets for every single game with like our turnovers, our possession, that kind of stuff. And then because I was psychotic, I went through and did it for every single player on our team for the entire season. Um, thankfully, it was like a nine game season because I don't know what I was thinking with that. <laughs> um, and then basically from there, I started just doing like a lot of research, learned kind of like what performance analytics was. And then my senior year of college, which is like 2022, I graduated early. So it gets really confusing when I say senior year. Um, I started posting to Twitter originally for D2 and D3, like rankings, just because um, the rankings that the NCAA has on their website is not anywhere near accurate for D2 and D3. So I was like, I'm going to do this myself. Um, and then I started posting for like the Men's World Cup. And then right around then, so like when Twitter started to like die and became X. So I started an Instagram account. Um, just kind of like with the same idea to post D2, D3. And then it kind of just took off from there. Um, but now I'm working as an analyst for graphing the game which uh, works with division one teams. So I work with three division one programs doing like um, game analysis for them. I run my Instagram account. Um, no one else works for me. I have an unpaid intern in very loose quotes. Who's one of my friends who just is better at uh, Canva than me. And then I'm working on a new project, which I can't talk too much about thanks to NDAs, but that will be launching in January. Wow. That sounds very exciting and mysterious. <laughs> very legit. I would like That's to, cool. uh, I think we should speculate wildly about what that is, Andrew, later. I think it has something to do with two balls and overtime, but that's just me. <laughs> Absolutely. So, Allison, you're basically every coach's dream to uh, just have somebody reach out and be like, I want to be a manager, and then I'm going to do all of these incredible <laughs> stats because I want to. I'm yeah, sure you're, like, you're a big benefit to Sydney. <laughs> Have you always been? Mm-hmm. Have you always been like stats inclined? Is that something you've always? I mean, is it math itself? You know, were you the one in fourth, fifth, sixth grade who loved math? Is it statistics? Is it like academic statistics? Is it stats for sports? You know, what 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 drove you to that? So kind of yes and no. Math was literally my worst subject in school. Like I took like all honors and AP classes for every single class, except for math. Math, I was in like regular classes. I could not stand math, Um, like got my worst grades in math. But somehow at the same time, like so I did competitive cheerleading before field hockey, which is like such a dramatic switch. Um, But I used to always. That's a plot twist. It really is. What's it called? Definitely through my parents' first shock. They were very confused when I came home from like the sports uh, sports fair in middle school and was like, I'm quitting cheerleading and doing field hockey. <laughs> um, but I used to always keep track of like our scores and like how much, like how many points we were losing by and like how like the other teams were doing and like that kind of stuff. So I've always kind of like had a knack for sports numbers, but like math is just like my least favorite subject and I kind of just hate math in general. <laughs> 
so you're enjoying this. <laughs> you're enjoying this. Set. Is it the uh, just the orderliness of the spreadsheets and the the crunching the data that appeals to you? I guess I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I think when I looked at stats, it's like the thing that's cool about it is you. It just confirms something. Like it, it open like when you have that moment where you're like, ah, oh, this makes sense, or we've solved a problem. I mean, how often does that happen for you? Honestly, not a lot. I mean, like I have a couple of like um, formulas that I've come up with and stuff that's really cool. But then I also get a lot of like random questions that I'm like, why is this happening? Um, for example, one of my favorite things to look at is second quarter possession, because mm. for some unknown reason, there's an 83% correlation between if you have a majority possession in the second quarter, you will win the game, which makes wow. no sense. It's such a high correlation, but it makes absolutely no sense. And I've been staring at it for about four years now and cannot figure it out. <laughs> okay, but also, so, okay, if I have majority, is it majority possession in the second quarter? Majority, yeah. So, so like just 51%. Minutes, oh, okay. It's like over seven minutes and 31 seconds or whatever the number is. Wow. Yeah. So this is going to be, everybody's going to listen to this podcast, and this is going to be the focus of much many spring practices as scrimmages. Just get possession in the second quarter. This might ruin your stats, actually. Now that people know this, they're going to try for it, and things are going to go crazy. Yeah. I've only seen it, like, really bad, like, a really bad correlation in one game, and that was just because they scored, like, seven goals in the second quarter, so there's so many restarts that they couldn't actually have the ball that much. But it's wild how like how tight that uh, correlation is, and it just doesn't make any sense to like me or anyone I've ever talked to. Could you tell us a little bit? I'm curious about like what does graphing the game do for for the programs that they they work with? Yeah, so we work with number six right now. I know we just signed a new contract, so I'm not really sure if they're you know included but we work with uh six teams one is just corners and then five is like full like the full package um and for like corners we scout all of their opponents uh corners and like kind of send them like uh basically like a spreadsheet that's a lot less complicated and we're like hey this is what um you know if you're playing i'm just going to use unc if you're playing unc today this is what UNC tends to do during their corner. So you, that way you they could work their offense and their defense around it. And then for all the other teams, we uh, scout all of their opponents for like their games, their game strategies. And then after we do like a game analysis of their game. So like, this is where you were turning over the ball. This is, um, I can't think of a single example. Uh, this is all your... <laughs> How you, where you enter the circle, circle entry. Yeah, like that kind of stuff. Like sure. you're, you're entering it left, right. Um, yeah, so we like kind of code all their games and then send them like their tendencies so they can learn from them. What's the turnover on that? Like next day? Late, so like for Fridays, it's... I think Fridays is 12 hours and Sundays is 24 Wow. Okay. And so, how did how did you get involved in well, graphic? Well, 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 oh, Standard needs to know more. <laughs> well, what if they're working with Maryland, who play most of their games on Monday and Tuesday? <laughs> um, they get a special discount rate. <laughs> this okay. is why they play on Monday and Tuesday. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. 
Yeah, it would depend on if they have like if they're playing like Monday, Wednesday, it would be like twelve hours. But if they're playing Monday, Thursday, it's twenty four. I mean, most of mine are done within twelve hours anyway. But technically, it's twenty four. All right, Kira, why don't you let Missy know? <laughs> yeah, I will. <laughs> I think this is why she designed the schedule this way. Allison's not going to tell us if they're one of their teams, but Missy's like, I need that twelve hour turnaround. We're going to play all games Tuesday and Wednesday. So I interrupt you. Go ahead. You, well, I'm just curious, Allison, how did you get involved in graphing the game? How did this come about? So as a very ambitious freshman um, in college, I was researching like performance analytics and it's not really big in the States. It's more like overseas. And I stumbled across uh, Chris Fry, who is the founder of Graphing the Game. And at the po- that point, he was working for USA or uh, UNC field hockey. So me being an ambitious, um, I think I was like 18 year old, I DM'd him on Twitter and I was like, hey, I want your job. How do I get it? Um, And he wound up meeting with me my uh, freshman year and then we've just stayed in contact. So about a week after I graduated from college, he messaged me and he's like, hey, I'm starting a business. Do you want to work for me? And I was like, of course I do. And that's kind of just how I got here. And this is how 21st century networking happens, everyone. DM your heroes. <laughs> I'm waiting for Andrew to tell me that this is how pitch session happened. Anyway. Uh, it wasn't a DM. It was a phone No, call. it was. It was a letter. Um, well, and so th- there was something you said, Allison, I'm really curious about. So you said that the Division 2 and Division 3, like, rankings on NCAA.com were oh, our here we go. struggle with actors. <laughs> no, I'm curious. So where how have your analytics like what are your rankings show that makes it a little bit more like a better picture of what's going on there than what we see on ncla.com okay so i didn't do rankings this year um mostly because i post way too much on instagram for my own good that (laughs) adding another ranking would probably make me go insane um we all need boundaries this is good (laughs) Maybe we'll do it in the postseason. I haven't figured it out yet. Um, but basically, like if you go on the NCAA website and you go to D2 rankings, it's regional, which I could go on an entire rant about how their regional doesn't make any sense to begin with. No, it does um, not. <laughs> but like they don't say what ranking system they're using. And if you go into like the PDFs at the bottom, technically they're using RPI. But the RPI rankings are not the same on the like interface versus the PDF. So I don't really know what they're doing over there. Um, oh, we're blowing it wide open. This is very interesting. Like, I don't think they know what they're doing over there, if I'm being completely honest. Um, <laughs> like, D3 is even worse. Um, like, I genuinely don't know what they're doing over there. So... They have like, so there's two ways, I guess there's one official way and then there's a non-official way to rank um, college field hockey. So first is RPI, which is what D1 uses. Um, I'm okay with RPI, an okay statistic. I kind of think that it messed up a little bit this year um, because it plays a lot into strength of schedule. And I'm going to pick on Syracuse real quick. Syracuse played Wagner and Sacred Heart. They played two NEC schools this year. How are they number 12? I'm just saying. Um, Do you think that that should drop them? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I I totally agree with you. Like, I get it. 
their wins, but like respectfully as a Sacred Heart alumni, playing Sacred Heart and Wagner doesn't really help you with like, you know, playing North Carolina. Mm. Yeah, um, but, 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 but I mean, you got to fill 20 games and you're already playing in the ACC and there's the ACC Big Ten Challenge. I mean, you, you, they don't have to play Iowa and Northwestern every non-conference game. I mean, I, and those are also, also interesting. Re- they're also regional games, which are important. Yes. I also think something that let, gets lost in the stats that's that's um, sp- unique to field hockey is the fact that like schools like Syracuse need to play schools like Wagner or Sacred Heart because Wagner and Sacred Heart are already struggling to fill their schedule. Correct. Like they need a strength of schedule too. So like playing Syracuse is to their advantage and will only be good for the sport. So, I mean, there are a lot of teams that travel out to California, which doesn't help their strength of schedule, but is like necessary Alan to sustain the start. Exactly. Like I, and I think there are, I think there's, it's a, um, I don't know. It's a, I'm trying to think of the word, like it's altruistic, right. For some of these bigger schools to play schools that are up and coming, just transition to division one, don't perform well, maybe have field turf or long turf to just, it's just good for the sport. Yeah. I think it's a kind of a give and take. Like I, um, cause sacred heart, uh, sacred heart, Syracuse and Vermont open together. And I mean, I've always enjoyed that weekend. Um, it's a lot of fun to watch, but then like, kind of have to like get like have a give and take like Ohio State's ranked 13th Ohio State had a little bit harder of a overall schedule in my opinion versus Mm -hmm. Syracuse but then Syracuse also plays in the ACC which I mean technically is a little bit deeper than the Big Ten so it's kind of just like a give and take in general with the RPI rankings um and then also, I think it relies a little bit too much much on your opponent's um, schedule because mm, right. the formulas. Uh, let's see if I can do this off the top of my head. The formula is like uh, one fourth your record, half your or. Yeah, yes. you're so right. It's, it's one fourth yours, one half your opponents, one fourth your opponents' opponents. So that's correct. Fact, it's like weighted too much, in my opinion, mm. on your opponents. Because, like, strength of schedule is important, but at the same time, like, you shouldn't get points because you played, like, I don't know how to word this, but, like, I don't think that you should get that much of a boost because you played a better team than you. Right. Like, in the rankings, um, even if you lose. So, it's kind yeah. of, like, a weird give or take. So, like, the rankings that I like to use is called ELO, which is technically formalized in chess. Um, yeah. So, it's kind of weird. But you can do it in field hockey. And what I like about ELO is it factors in the score of the game. Ah. So, like, a 1-0 game is not weighted the same as a 6-1 to game, which I think winds up helping because if you have um, – I'm trying to think of a random game. But if you have, like, a 1-0 game, it's going to reflect that, okay, that game was really tight versus a six to zero game um it doesn't go past six so like 11 to zero doesn't matter versus a six to zero but it doesn't um really matter or it it shows that um the score does impact it so it gives you a little bit of a better idea of the strength of the game that was played 
rather than just saying like, oh, you played a good team. If that makes so, sense. so if I'm a middling team that plays a really highly ranked team and it's one zero, I get a bigger boost from that than if we I play a really low ranked team and we win seven zero. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. What is yeah, it? But does it? But does it though? Because the goal is to win the game. But it, yeah. So, so does ELO? How how it's, much? It's and, just and so, like, I mean, the point is, the, the the best system is all of these taken together in you know some sort of you know moderation. None of them, I think, work out standing on their own. They all have flaws. Mm. And so the idea, and you know, remember when Caitlin was on with us, Kier, and and I think Becca shared this too when we did the Selection Sunday show. You know, they take I think it was eight or nine different uh, uh, criteria. Uh, yeah, thank you for the field of eighteen. So the idea is that none of these are required to stand on their own. Right. What do you, Allison? What do you think about KPI? I don't know too much about KPI for field hockey. Um, like I worked with KPI when I did ba- uh, basketball research in college and I like it, but I don't really know what KPIs we use for field hockey. Mm. Um, so like, you I don't know, really basketball, a- basketball dumped the RPI two years ago. Oh, did they? Yeah. What do they use? To, just so KPI? They use something. So basketball used something called a net rating. Um, very clever because you know a basketball net. Very um, clever. And, and the the basic thing is, uh, games are divided up into four quadrants. Quad one is a home game against somebody one to thirty, a neutral site game one to forty five, or an away game one to sixty, and and so on and so forth. And so they measure how many quad one wins do you have, and then how many quad three and four losses do you have. Whoa. Um, okay. Yeah. So that's, that's, but you know, basketball has a much larger data set and that teams play 32, 33 games as opposed to 16, 17, 18. And obviously you're taking a field of 68 out of 300 and whatever it is this year, 350 as opposed to 18 out of 70. So, I mean, it's, it's not the same. Then you could just do what football does and somebody gets hurt. You discount a whole undefeated season. So, you know, (laughs) for discussion, I suppose. So, and Allison, what else stood out this year to you other than the, you know, possession in the second quarter? Um, what's it called? I, what's it, one of my other favorite things to look at is just like, I like looking at goal times. Um, mm, yeah. I, I had a coach at Sacred Heart. Uh, she's now at Providence. She used to always say like fight for four because goals are scored within like four minutes of each other. And this year, the tr- I don't have, like, the data set complete yet, but the trend's been, like, pretty consistent that most goals were scored within a couple of minutes e- of each other this year, um, which I think is, like, a really important t- lesson to teach when you're, like, coaching players is that, like, you can't put your head down after you- either you score or your opponent scores just because, like, you have to get back and go for it because there's going to be another goal coming. Um, so that's kind of, like, one of the most interesting things I like looking at um yeah i mean i do a lot of corner conversions so many corner conversions right now i'm working on uh d3 for post on friday and it's taking forever respectfully 
Yeah, <laughs> I can see that. There's just so many of them. And it's like great for the game. But like after, you know, 70 box scores, you want to kind of go insane. Um, but yeah, so I've kind of started doing my post game, like postseason analysis. So basically I do um so like this week's corner conversion next week we're just doing like transfers and commits because that's what uh, my followers decided they wanted and then that we're finishing the month with like um play of the year so they can vote for like what they thought was best play of the year and then next year i'm hopefully starting with p uh per which is a formula i came up with myself but it's um player efficiency rating it's based off of basketball except we don't have the same statistics as basketball. So it's very loosely based off of it. Um, but basically it's like a ranking system for players and it ranks you based on uh, mostly offensive statistics. Um, for international, the formula is a little bit adjusted for skills, interceptions and blocks. And it kind of just basically, it really, ranks you based on your efficiency on the field at a given moment. Um, so that's kind of like one of my favorite stats to look at um, right now, because I feel like we don't really have a player ranking system, which I don't necessarily know if I'd like the idea of a player ranking system, but that is a whole other nuanced conversation. <laughs> well, yeah, I think it'll just... be interesting. Go ahead, Andrew. Go ahead. No, you're good. No, Go no, please. <laughs> Here, well, I think please. I'm very, I'm very interested um, in, I mean, I think it is interesting to look at now that transfers are becoming more prevalent in field hockey. And I don't know if it'll last as long as sort of like COVID years sort of come to the to an end or what's going to happen with that. But it will be really interesting because I think that's something very new to field hockey and kind of like, I don't want to say antithetical to like the field hockey culture, but I think that will be very interesting. I agree, Kier. Thank you. Well, and so, and I'm curious because I've been, I've been following your fan favorites selections mm -hmm. because there are a few of my favorite players that made the division. I will say one of my favorite players made the division three uh, goalkeeper fan favorite list. Um, so, how did you? Did you just put a poll out? How are you looking at that? Is it just people put people people put names in? Yeah, so for my fan favorites, I let anyone be eligible. Um, so basically, I put up a Google form probably the last week of the season, and they could just nominate any player from any school. Um, one of my best friends is a D3 goalkeeper, so I think that a lot of the times the focus is on Division One, not just in field hockey, but like everywhere. So a lot of the times you get players who like don't get recognized at all, who are like phenomenal players. So when you do stuff like fan favorites, even if, you know, sometimes I will say there have been some kids who got nominated who like played an entire two games their entire season. And it's kind of like, okay, maybe we shouldn't have nominated them. Um, but you get to recognize players who might not otherwise be looked at. So I kind of like the idea that it's very, it's basically a popularity contest, but like everyone can, like anyone who plays can get recognized. And your, like your top 10 lists, top 10% list, is that, because I know that you had all these stats you considered, but are you giving different weight? Like how are you comparing field hockey or field players to goalkeepers when you put that list together? So for the top 10% list, I made, or I have a list of all 
players in college. So um, we did 10% of field players and then 10% of goalkeepers just to kind of make sure that the numbers aren't necessarily even, but like the percentages are. So for field, it was mostly like goals, assists, defensive saves. Um, I will say something that not a lot of parents like is I weigh in cards um, because if you're not on the field, you're not contributing to the game. Um, mm. And I've gotten quite a few parents who are not so happy that um, cards are con- <laughs> I'm contributed. so glad that they're involved in this process. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's very is your response just like, I don't care what you think. (laughs) I try to be very nice, but sometimes I just want to respond and be like, hey, if you want to create a better formula, go ahead. Like, (laughs) Start your own Instagram. (laughs) Like, I'm a 21-year-old. If you think you could do it better, go ahead. I'm sure you can. (laughs) (laughs) Incredible. Um, and then for goalkeepers, it's mostly like save percentage, goals against average. I do look a little bit at win, um, like win records, but I kind of like don't fully care about win records because you could have a really good goalkeeper whose you know offense is just not great. Mm-hmm. So I try not to factor it in too much, but it's um, kind of like a percentages of like save percentage and goals against average. And so you're, you're referring to all these box scores and the stats. And I'm just like sitting here. Are you like going to every website and pulling box scores? How are you getting all this data? And I'm, yeah. I'm a little afraid for you that you're going to all these websites and doing this. Yeah, it's a lot of copy and pasting. Oh, my goodness. I'm sure there's an easier way to do it. I just um, like I'm decent at coding, but. Um, not so much D1, but D3, because all the websites are different formats, it would take me so much longer to figure out how to code it for every single like team than just to copy and paste at this point. So mm. I just copy and paste every single um, stats page. Wow. That's dedication. It seriously is. Okay, I think we need to do, what is it, like a uh, GoFundMe? We need to get Allison some <laughs> blue light glasses. Uh, some like. <laughs> Like it, well, some AI forget, bot wait, that can wait, do wait, this. Wait. Don't forget our GoFundMe to send us to the Olympics. We're still about ten thousand short. Yeah, get her the blue light glasses after <laughs> you get us. The Look, Olympics. if we get the ten grand, we'll buy her some glasses. Absolutely. If you give us fifteen grand, we'll bring Allison with us. Allison, yes. you want to go to Paris with us? That would sound amazing. Okay, perfect. We you would can love do live stats. You. That would be great. I'm a lot of fun. Kirsten is a the wet best blanket. Fun. Oh, no. thank you, Andrew. <laughs> I do love a croissant, though. That will be our main, like, that's what we'll be taking care of when we get there. We could always pop into Belgium for a waffle. Oh, love a Belgian waffle. Well, and Allison, I don't want to, I don't want to get controversial here, but I have a few thoughts that I would like okay. to discuss with you. So first, I have a serious issue with defensive saves as a stat. Okay. <laughs> um, it's something we celebrate, but I don't... T- <laughs> Yeah, I I struggle with it quite a bit because typically people who are making defensive saves are not in a position where they should be. Um, Like, I wish we could have like a hierarchy of defensive saves, right? Yeah. Like some of them, I'm like, you are out of position and you need to get out from inside the cage. Some of them, like, this is on a quarter and that's your job. And then other ones, it's like the big play, we're like rushing back, they beat the goalkeeper, big dramatic thing. But I do, I always really struggle with that because I think we... We pride ourselves on it, but then we kind of like ruin our our structure whenever 
we stand behind the goalkeeper and try to make lots of defensive saves. We got to trust our goalkeeper. <laughs> yeah. I feel like defensive saves are just one of those stats that I strongly dislike, mm. but it's like the only defensive stat we have. So we kind of have to go with it. So um, true. So true. I also feel like nine times out of 10, the people who are scoring the game don't know what field hockey is and they don't know what a defensive save is. Yeah, I mean, that's a really interesting question of like, how much can you trust these box scores with a lot of the Well, stats? you also, I'll, I'll, I'll go even deeper. You know, the stat crew software that's used is not designed for field hockey. It's soccer. Field hockey does not have its own stat crew. Which maybe is something... Unless that's changed and like since COVID. So, I mean, I guess it's theoretically possible, but at American and at Maryland, we always use, it was, you use soccer because nothing existed for field hockey. And so you'll notice, and it's sometimes you can get rid of it, but if you go look at box scores here from like when we were at American, there's a oh, yeah. thing penalty on the for, for penalty kicks. Yeah. Because it's a soccer box score. Well, and some of the stuff is so technical. So you have to ask, like, are the are the statisticians at the games, do they know the difference between a shot and, like, like what we count as a shot and a deflection or something that goes wide that is just in the direction of the goal, you know, like a save versus a shot that goes wide. Like, I don't know well, how, right. and how like accurate corner, some of the stats on, on corners, a lot of things that look like shots aren't. You know, they're mm. designed to be deflected. Yes. Well, and I, I think... Mean, you know that. But. Yeah. Well, I'm also thinking, like, there's... It, you could get really deep. So I think maybe, like, the graph... Graphing the game or the field hockey analyst, maybe you all need to start working on our next... Uh, our stats. What did you call it, Andrew? Called oh, stat crew. <laughs> the stat crew for field hockey. Yeah, I'm trying to get steals, interceptions, and blocks included because that's, like, Interest- what they use. They use in the pro leagues. But oh, okay. I'm still not entirely convinced that people know what a shot is. So like, we have division one teams that don't record cards or minutes. Mm. So I'm starting, I'm like trying, we, we just, I need them to do substitutions. You have to record a substitution anyway. So can you just put your minutes on the website is all I'm asking. Um, so I feel like we got all she's asking season. here. That's all she's asking. It's not that hard. I do. I really like, because I do think that defenders really get the short end of the stick when it comes to end of the season and awards or even just general recognition, well, because we well, don't have the good of the same size. <laughs> well, and we don't, we just don't have good defensive stats. Like how can we only rely on defensive saves or we say you're a defender who goes up and scores goals on corners. Or, or, or we use the eye test. Yeah. And so, like, it would be incredible to, to start actually collecting block tackles, interceptions, steals, things like that. That would well, make but I'll just would, say, you know, the only thing is, and this is a problem with defensive stats in every sport, baseball has a major problem with it, is the problem with defensive stats in a sport like field hockey is if you're truly elite – you won't be able to measure that. If a defense, mm. you know, like, and this is a little bit of an exaggeration, but what if a defense, you know, a, a defensive unit of three or four or maybe two defenders are, are are so good that, like, they don't let the – the other team never enters the circle or never yeah, crosses I mean, midfield. Like, you can't, you can't quantify that. Well, and I think – so uh, – 
I'm going to quote the one and only Sarah Thorne crumbles here, but you know, people coach and say the best defenders don't need a tackle. Like you're going right. to be good exactly at right. yeah, directing the ball, directing the people in front of you, forcing the ball into an area where, or, or breaking down the play so that the, uh, the person carrying the ball, um, fat, like fouls or all, there are other ways of being a good defender, but but those stats would be better than just defensive safes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, in a dream world, we would also have passing accuracy percentage. Mm. But I think that I'm probably one of the only people who has ever done them because I'm probably one of the only people insane enough to sit through and count everybody's <laughs> passes. It's true. I think, I mean, that's the thing is like until we have an AI system, and I, I really wonder if things like Spidio or other services where like you can use some level of AI or an algorithm that tracks the ball, like until we have something else that can do that without so much sort of like manpower devoted to it, like I don't know if we're ever going to get there. Yeah, I think we got maybe 50 years before we get there. I'll be long yeah. gone. I'll be retired. You will not. I hope not. I, I don't say, think so. I hope not. Long gone. You're not. Allison, please. Here um, and I, I think, on the other hand. Yeah, I mean, who that that could be the end of us, Andrew. I think the other thing about stats, at least when I was a coach, I really struggled with because we would track these things, right? Like our circle entries, now successful we are in circle, circle entries or passing percentage and all these things. And the thing I would always really struggle with is that we aren't the field hockey pro league, right? Like, the athletes we work with while very talented, dedicated, competitive are not elite. So like how much weight can we give to stats and how much do we need to focus on? Like we need to trap the ball better. Like it doesn't matter where we're entering the circle because we can't trap the ball. So like, I think there's always got to be a healthy appreciation for stats, but have a much more holistic view of how we're playing the game. Yeah, I don't really believe in, like, fully relying on stats. I mean, I have in, like, cases of some mental breakdowns where I'm, like, we had a 100% chance of winning this game. Why are we in double overtime right now? Mm. Um, Because it it brings comfort. But we did win the game, I will say that. Um, (laughs) But, like, what's it called? Um, Here we were having really bad issues with turnovers in, like, one spot. And it's mm. like, okay, great. We have, um, you know, we have this data that says this is where we're having this issue. But at the same time, like, that data is great. But if the kid who's standing there can't hit the ball, then the data is doing nothing. So you kind of have to have, like, um, you have to have, like, an intertwine to, like, your practice plans. Like, okay, well, maybe if my right mid can't trap a ball, maybe I'm going to sub her out. Mm. Um so you kind of have to like use the data to make informed decisions. Like you can't just you like have the data and just like sit with it, which I think a lot of struggle with if they don't have someone on their staff who's like used to the numbers, if that makes sense. Right, like yeah. if you're looking at like scouting opponents, like you're uh, scouting an opponent's corners and you're like, oh, they're always doing the same thing. And then you don't set up your defense in a way that would stop them. Like, mm. useless. Like, there's no point. Respectfully, there's no point in paying someone to go through and scout all of the corners if you're not going to look at them. Yes, right. very fair. And, I mean, I think I always feel like I'm repeating this as we get closer and closer to, like, basketball 
postseason where people are very invested in college athletics. And so it's like we're taking all those things into account. And then we're also taking into account that they're 18 to 22 to 23 year olds who have finals and relationships and a lot of things on their mind and all kinds of other other like parts of their life that we also need to take into account. Like, I love the people in the basketball drama. I was like, why did this person do this? He's such an idiot. I'm like, oh, my God, he's 19. Like, cut him, cut him some slack, man. <laughs> Let's just calm down. I don't, I, Andrew, do you have anything else you want to ask our uh, our field hockey analyst here? I mean, I want to ask her about her rule change. Oh, well, yeah, we're going to get to that. So please take it away, Andrew. Well, Allison, I know that you must have one or two things that you would like to tweak about the sport. So I would be very excited to hear what that might be. So I'm about a thousand. Um <laughs> You can pick six. You can pick six. I did have to have like a conversation with my mom this morning trying to figure out which one I was going to say. Um, So one isn't necessarily a rule change, but it's kind of more just like a common practice. Um, So we had a goalkeeper at Sacred Heart my freshman year who in a game drop kicked the ball, like did a field kick like a Mm -hmm. goalkeeper does in soccer 40 uh, 40 yards down the field instead of doing a free hit i would like to see that happen more i mean <laughs> where hang on hang on why honestly I, I don't know why she did it we wanted to shoot outs in that game so i don't know where the decision was there um but i just think it's kind of funny but also it gets uh it's easier to get over lines that way the only thing is you have to keep the ball playable the entire time. So, like, she had to, like, air dribble it on her glove, which is, like, a little weird. Um, and then, like, aerial rules come into effect. So, like, you have to do it to space. So, it kind of is, like, really messy. But I think that it would create just more entertainment in general. I like it. You want more entertainment and better staff system. Yeah. Just make it chaotic. I mean, we're we're people of simple needs and wants. I don't know why why like these things aren't being aren't happening. We're, we're all about team chaos. We absolutely are. And so, and then Allison, in a perfect world where the knee is no longer a problem, and you get selected to participate in the normal person Olympics, what sport are you choosing? Soccer, mostly. Yeah, I have I have a team. First of all, U.S. national team, amazing. Love them. I watched their game last night. But also, like, they can sub me out at half, and I won't destroy the game for them. Because <laughs> they're Very better nice. than everyone else. That's a great point. Um, Allison, thank you so much for joining us today. And if you are not already following the Field Hockey Analyst, it's the F Hockey Analyst on Instagram. And you're not following graphing the game on Instagram and Twitter, please do so because they're doing great stuff for the sport that makes us just look at it differently and provide some really awesome insights. And Alice is doing some good work for the for pitch session too. So thank you. I agree with what Kier said. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Thank you. Bye. Thanks, Allison. This was so much fun. Oh my gosh, I learned so much. What a great conversation. Thanks, I mean, Allison. She's killing it here. She's killing it. She really is. 5,000 Instagram followers. Doing? I want to know more about the NDA. Like, what, what is hidden? Very mysterious. Very mysterious. I'm marking think? my calendar for January 15th for big news. I mean, that's just five weeks away. 
Oh, it's no time at all. It'll fly yeah. by. So let's talk about what we're going to do uh, until August, because that's a long way off. It is. I think the plan is we're going to do this about once a month. Is that right? That's about or it. as news warrants. I think that we want to get, you know, maybe have some longer conversations with some coaches we can do uh, in January and beyond. And at some point here, we're going to have some new coaches hired, I would assume. That's right. Um, so there was some talk go- of a mailbag episode. I absolutely think we should do a mailbag. That would be people fun. People have to send things to the mailbag. You know, in, in coaching news, somebody who was on this podcast got some exciting news uh, in their career. Our guy, Ollie. What's back here? Yes. Ollie was Ollie, named the head coach. Ollie. We loved Ollie. Ollie was named the head coach at UVA, which is very exciting for him. Um, so that's good stuff. I Maybe haven't seen we'll have any other big announcements. On. Maybe he would. I'm sure he would love to come back on. Yes. Um, but yeah, we will keep our, our ear to the ground. I think I just like doing the episodes because it lets me talk to you, you know? Absolutely. I mean, we don't talk at all. You're hard to get a hold of, Kirsten. I'm very busy. Very busy. You are a person who has a elite social calendar. Oh, I know. My dance card is filling up here. Lately. It is. Yes. So, and also, you know, we'd love to hear your ideas for who we should talk to, what we should do. My ideas? We're not going li- to we're not going to listen to them. No, our listeners. Oh, the generic the people out there. Yes. Okay. All those people out there. We might not listen to them, but we'd love your suggestions. Oh, okay, I'm sorry, Andrew, but like can we talk about the fact that parents are are DMing out? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, people. Come on, people, grow up. And I know that, like, parents are crazy um, and and invested in their children's athletic futures, but people, like, what are we doing? Wow. You know, it didn't even, like, cross my mind as something that she would have to deal with, but that's incredible. I hope she just ignores him. Me too. Or, yikes. Or, like, let's all have She's 21 years old. Doing this out of the goodness of her heart because she loves this sport. Cheerleader, let us not forget. (laughs) Exactly. Who transitioned to this sport because she loves it so much? Don't ruin this. And then after she was injured, remained in the game, found a way to stay passionate. I know. (laughs) It's tough. I I think that if you know something ever happens to me, Kira, you could replace me with her. I think I could too. I mean, you ditto. Wear, like, like you'd have to wear like a black armband when you record. Absolutely. I mean, everything would go dark. But I think it could work. Yes, she's got a lot to bring to the equation, as it were. Did anything else happen in the world of field hockey? Not really, right? Uh, no, I think we've been pretty quiet. I mean, people went and did their recruiting. We went to. Uh, our normal Thanksgiving tournaments in Florida and Virginia. I'm sure those went well. And I don't know. I think everybody's just probably trying to take a nice long deep breath and lean, lean the into holidays the holiday season. Semesters Christmas. are ending. Yeah. So everybody deserves a break. If you are listening, take a break, like just take a break. 
We all deserve a break. We all know? deserve a break. We need some separation. We're, we're we need that hard. work. We need that work-life balance. You See, know, that's something you always taught me here. I know. I talk about it a lot. And let me tell you something right now, Andrew. So we, a few years ago at the NF, the old NFHCA, we had Nancy Stevens come. I got to talk to her about just like before she was retiring, like such a legend of the game. Like, how do you do it for so long? And she was like, I take a vacation every year, a long one. I have interests outside of field hockey. And uh, she had just like a, she has a really rich life outside of field hockey. And that's how she was in it so long. So let's all take a lesson from good old Nancy Stevens and uh, take this time for ourselves. Treat yourself. Treat yourself. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Well, we had such a nice long conversation with Allison. Let's just wrap it on up. I guess we'll this see everybody. One of our best pitch sessions. <laughs> Ooh, maybe we should do a pitch session, a ranking poll. No, but we do need to have like the best of pitch session. Best of, yes. I don't know. Who's your favorite interview this year? I know you can't just pick one, but pick one. Wow. I mean. How do you choose? Yeah, I I mean, I I, I I really don't. He's indecisive. yeah. I mean, do you have one? You're not going to answer. I will. I will answer. I will say that my favorite one this year was Lisa Salucci be, just because she was our first and she came on with a lot of like enthusiasm. You never forget your first. Never forget your first. And she was, and she took a chance on good old pitch session. And that was fun. That was like, there were a lot in, of nerves. Was it was in our the first interview. In New York for that, remember? Yes. And she rolled with I, it. I got into the room like two minutes before we began. Terrible reception. I couldn't get out of the airport. It was awful. <laughs> it was awful. You, you scarfed down like a bird. <laughs> no, it was a on. bagel. It was a bagel. <laughs> it was a bagel. A New York bagel. Yeah. I'm shocked you well, didn't in, get um, some Sabaro, your favorite pizza joint in New York. Well, that is my Sabaro is my favorite pizza place in New York, and I always try Best and, pizza and in get New a York. slice when I'm in Manhattan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is so good. When are you going back to Manhattan? Anytime soon? There are no plans uh, mm. to head to New York right now. What What are your travel plans, Kier? Oh, you know, I'm just heading home. Just heading home for good old the fashioned, yeah. Good old fashioned Christmas. Um, yeah, that'll be it'll be nice and easy. I'll be doing my good old fashioned Christmas in Las Vegas. I love your Christmas. It's so good. And then I'm going to Europe. Oh, you are. A European vacation. Oh, yes. that's right. For a special celebration. Yes. How exciting. That's right. That's right. All right. Well, we're, you know, giving lots of great content to our listeners. So I guess we could wrap it up today. But yeah, follow along on Twitter. We're still Pitch Session Pod. And, uh, and we'll keep an eye out in- for when, when our next episode drops. I bet it'll be in 2024. Oh, yeah. We start our second year of recording. Sort of. Sort of. All right. See you later, Andrew. Bye, Kira.